Hello, everybody. Welcome again to the Oliver Perry Show. Today, I just want to tell you, listen, your marketing probably isn't that great. You've been trying to get real estate deals over and over and over again, and you're not doing it, and it's not working, right? Probably because you stink at it, but that's all right. Don't sweat it. I've got some help today with Bo Hollis. Bo is a man who has done real estate investing. He's done wholesaling. He's done door knocking. He's done Facebook marketing, and he's a hell of a cook. And today we're going to get to talk to him about his ways to find real estate deals so you can make more money. Let's get into it. It takes work and you're, there's not some magic sauce and some magic pill. It takes work. I had I had a family to take care of and I was scared, but I was more scared of losing my family and losing the stuff like my house or my car or not being able to feed my child. You know, that was the biggest fear. So you got to figure out what you're most afraid of. And I'm not afraid of what that person is going to say to me. Are you starting your journey into real estate business or entrepreneurship? Are you in need of strategies to help you reach your daily goals? That's right. Then the That's Oliver right. Perry Show is for you. Come and get the experiences and strategies to help you be successful. Woo! And now, your host, you know who it is, you know who it is. Oliver Perry. Oliver Perry. Bo, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. I'm super privileged to be here, so I'm very, very excited. I, it's an honor. Brother, I am excited to have you. It's been a very, very long time. Uh, we've I've known about you for quite a while. We talked a long time before, but it's great to be able to get you on and to have you share some of this great wisdom that you've got to the audience who's listening and who's watching live here. Um, so house rules, everybody. Around uh, 50 minutes before we end, which is around, we'll normally run, end around 545 EST. So 15 minutes before that, we'll start a question and answer question, sorry, Q&A section. If you have questions, make sure you ask them while the show's going on. I'll be able to ask Bo when we get into tail end of it. But in the meantime, Bo, let's hop right in, bro. I want to give them what they need. And I wanted to hear from you because you're a master with all this marketing stuff. I wanted to hear your top five ways to find real estate deals. And then let's break each one of them down with the 15 minutes that we got. Awesome. So- Top five ways. If I were to choose five ways, uh, and I was assuming that you don't have a ton of money sitting around just in stacks, right? Which we all started with, you know, assuming that you don't have stacks of cash sitting here. Um, I would probably start with driving for dollars. I would probably start there. Now you need a car, clearly. Um, that's really important. I guess you'd ride bikes or walk for dollars, but uh, drive for dollars. It's a super simple way that you and Grab a friend with you and make fun out of it. Like make it very, very fun. That's the first thing that I would do. Go around and drive around. I do it with my friends now. We're driving around. We'll look for houses that look run down. They have tall grass, especially if you're in the summertime. You look for houses that have what we would say deferred maintenance. That's number one. Uh, number two, if you've got a, a pinch extra cash, you can pay for a dialer and a little bit of data and some skip tracing. Um, you can start cold calling yourself. Uh, it's a very uh, cost-effective way. And if you've got a little extra time on your hands, you can do this. And it is something that everybody can do and to get a deal. It may take you a little bit of time, but it is absolutely doable. Um, number three that I would say that is a simple way to do this. Uh, we are on the tail end of this marketing strategy. So just keep that aware at the time of this um, show. Uh, but texting is a great way to get deals. It is uh, 
I personally believe that we're on the way out of that being a super, super effective way, but it right now it is a, still a very effective way. Um, another way I think that is really, this is guerrilla marketing strategy. I think door knocking with door hangers, I think is a coming very soon. I think this is going to be a very good way. It is now still um, very, very good way because uh, you can, you can go out to somebody's house. You can door knock it. You can uh, leave a door hanger. You could write a sticky note. If you have a no budget or low budget, you can get out there. And if you've got time on your hands, you're either going to have time or money. And if you don't have both, then I would definitely say get out there and door knock and leave some door hangers or sticky notes or something that says, hey, I want to buy your house. You know, something that is different than everybody else. Number five, I would do niche down direct mail marketing. I would do that. That takes more money, but I would do that. And I direct you know, always been effective. And it is going to come back because marketing is always cyclical. Brother, you, you spit out. The, now, those are some classics. First of all, uh, you know, for everybody who's interested in wholesaling or just real estate, real estate investing in general, like these are all things that you can use and be really, really dangerous. So like, Bo, I know, I know you mentioned the first thing you mentioned was driving for dollars. Second was the cash dialer. Third was texting, of course. Fourth was the door hangers and door knocking. And the fifth was niching down. So let's talk a little bit deeper. I'd like to talk a little bit deeper on each because I really want to give them. Yeah, and there's more too. I mean, there's, there's Absolutely. so many there's more a ton. like that there's are a ton. free. Like there's a lot of good ones. Absolutely. Absolutely. But driving for dollars, I feel like is you got it in the right place. Like driving dollars, driving for dollars, the A1. Because to me, driving yes. for dollars isn't just, it just, it's not just giving you the ability to reach out to people and find people. It's also teaching you yep. about your market, right? So when you're going around yes. looking at these properties, what are some of the tricks to the trade? I've heard things like, you know, the, the county will only cut the front yard or, you know, if they got a trespassing sign, things of that nature. But what are your tricks to the trade when you're actually going and you're driving for dollars? So, Here's uh, now I personally have found this for myself. Like I didn't learn this from some other person. I okay. did it from driving for dollars. Right. Right. Uh, personal experience. Um, I do not like to drive. Rule number one is I do not like to drive in war zone areas. Uh, meaning good that tip. if you have <laughs> you live in a city like Louisville, Kentucky, or you live like we have an area of our town that there's lots of, boarded up homes and lots of light in the areas. And I try to stay out of those kind of areas because of the liens and code violations that they're so extensive right. that you could be just writing down every single property. It seems like, and you're going to be spinning your wheels a lot. So I try to stay out of war zone areas where lots of crime, very, very, very cheap properties. And I try to stay out of those because I just don't like it. Um, I want to go to what I call blue collar America. Okay. How, where it's houses that are three bed, one bath, brick ranches, cheap home, cheaper. I should say cheaper, not cheap, but houses that are under $220,000 or so or in, in our area, right? So maybe, maybe you live in a different part of the country where it's cheaper or more expensive, but your blue collar homes where the working class people stay, you know, 1200 square feet, 1300 square feet, regular homes that landlords love. Right. I like landlord style properties. So I will go to those areas of town and I will drive around and I will look for properties and signs of distress are these. They are 
maybe chipped off paint off the front of the, uh, on the soffits area. Maybe it's stuff growing out of the gutters, right? It's little yeah, things yeah. growing out of the gutter. We call it gutter gardens. And it could be uh, people parking in the front yard. Most homeowners will never park in their own grass, right? If you own a property, you can probably take care of it unless you're elderly or you can't take care of it because of other reasons. Right. But looking for obvious signs that somebody is not taking care of this property at 100%. That is, that is the big thing is that making sure that somebody is – not taking care of it. And if it looks just even a pinch, like there's an issue, I write it down or I put it in the app. That's, that's my basic criteria. And the app you use now is what is batch driven. I use batch driven. Okay. Yes. I use batch driven. Now, what are your thoughts on batch? And this is not to say anything bad about anybody. Just let me put that out there. But up to this point for a long while, it was just deal machine, deal machine. And, there was another one that no, people didn't really like too much, but now yeah. you've got batch driven. What has been that, that change for you with batch driven? What has been the thing that kind of pulled you towards batch driven and what you like about that particular app? Yeah. Well, I think it's the batch ecosystem, uh, okay. the entire batch ecosystem. Every time you can keep everything in house, that is something that so important, right? You know, meaning that say you're, you have the batch app and then you have the batch leads stacker, right? Their batch lead system where you can, kind of like prop stream um on you know you have your prop stream which you can get all your data and you can run comps but batch leads it is like the exact same thing plus you can data stack all of your lists and stuff like that inside of there then you have the batch dialer so all of this when a lead comes into one area say it came from driving for dollars you can go into your lead system and then you can cold call it right inside the batch ecosystem i call it you cannot do that you cannot do that with the other system. So that one reason alone, I can stay in the ecosystem. I don't have to transfer my data outside of that one thing. I can keep it in-house and their data is very excellent that you get from them. And they don't pay me to say that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they don't pay you. They yet. Should. Yeah. They <laughs> should. Best driven. If you're, if you're listening, you might not be, Listen. but if you're listening, I need you to give Bo a call. Give him a call. Let's come on. Yes. Let's, let's get yeah, this together. Let's go. All right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really good though. It's good. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So then something in there that you mentioned was the niche down part, uh, because what people don't realize is that batch that having the able, uh, having the ability to stack those leads is exactly where that niching down piece comes in. So that's really, mm-hmm. that's really dope. I didn't know that app do, does that, but I'm going to definitely look into it now. Uh, let's hop into yeah, the- the extra, the, the cold calling. Now, this is the one people hate. Most people are not fans of cold calling. But yes, and there's reasons. All right. Let, what do you think? They're lazy. Good That's point. the reason. Okay. They're lazy. It's hard work. It's hard work. And here's the real reason. I mean, let's jump into psychology of this. Why don't people like it? Is you get to hear the rejection to your face, like maybe not literally to your face. But it is on the phone and you get to hear all the people say no to you at one time. Like you call people, no, 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 no. Right. And so you get discouraged and people hear that over and over and over. And they say to themselves, man, this is tough. This is hard. Well, this business is hard. I mean, no BS. Like this business is just a hard business. Instagram has just destroyed how they may everybody think that you just 
send a text message or it's, it's easy <laughs> when it's actually right. hard, It's hard. It you know, hard. but growing a business is hard. And most people don't like getting rejected and was right. But at the end, this is a numbers business. And every time you get rejected, you are that much closer to somebody saying yes. So, right. um, it takes thick skin to make money in this business, but for those of the people who are literally willing to be on the phone and understand this is a numbers game. Somebody will say, yes, you're going to make some money. That's a fact. That is a fact. And I can tell you guys who are listening and watching from experience. I know what you're going through with the cold calling. You'll sit in front of the phone and you'll stare at it for a good five to 10 minutes. Uh, I don't, I don't feel like doing this, but the longer you take to stare at that phone, the more difficult it is. Get in front of it, yep. hit the button, and just start running your mouth. Even if you crash and burn the yep. first 10, 20 times, I assure you, do it. you will get used to it. Yep, absolutely. Just absolutely. Go you got to do it. And then every time you do it, it's just going to get easier and easier. And that comfort level of getting uncomfortable, you're going to get better at getting uncomfortable. And that's where the magic happens. But being afraid of getting rejected and just sitting there, get over it and just dive in. That's a fact. That's a fact. I've had a mentor say discomfort is the space where you are going to grow. So as soon as it's uncomfortable, it's true. That's where you're growing. Just keep going. Hundred percent right. true. So let's talk. Let's talk now about the texting because the, the texting is is relatively new. That and uh, what is it? RVMs, right? The RVMs. But you know, people yeah. are always here and there with texting. But what are your thoughts on the texting and how people can use that? And what are the like your tips? Hey, this is the best way to do that. Go about doing it. Yeah. So texting, it, it really took off about two years ago. I was kind of private. It seemed like secret until then. Uh, but it really took off about two years ago. And uh, the reason it's on its way out is because it's getting legislated through our government out because people are getting blasted with so many text right. messages. Yes, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's been kind of like the wild west. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was like when RVMs came out five years ago, it was the wild west until it got litigated. Yep. Uh, so the best way to do it is batch has a texting service, <laughs> you know, everything. <laughs> I like the ecosystem where I can keep all of my data. Once I have my data, I can decide what I'm going to do with that data. Absolutely. Like I don't have to go and pay for all these other softwares, but they have a texting service where I can take the people I just cold called grow for dollars. I can put them in their system and I can send niche down texting, which is, Hey, Oliver, you know, this is Bo, you know, thinking about, you know, selling your house. I mean, there's so many ways I can't say what to say because uh, everybody needs to individual messages. And I don't want to tell somebody to say is not going to get it delivered. So everybody has to super create on their messaging and just be really consistent with that. But I will say this about texting. It is another one of those, methods. And this is what a lot of these coaches and people don't tell people, mm-hmm. but when you see rejection, when you actually see the rejection, like visibly, like, or you hear it, someone say, no, never call me again, go to jail. Uh, or you see it on a text <laughs> message, like in mass, right? it is discouraging. It really is discouraging. And I have a lot of students, they'll be like, man, this is just, it's hard. I, I haven't gotten a deal. And it's like three days. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you need to stop, get off Instagram and stop watching YouTube videos on people saying, well, I just sent four text messages and made two calls and made $42,000. Right. This, my point is, yes, you can do it, but, but be ready to work. 
this every it all works if you do. That's the right. magic. That's the magic tip. That's absolutely true. That is absolutely. It true. will work if you do. Yeah, that's but it won't work bad. if you don't work. So. No, yeah, I mean that's that's, that's the key. That's the key to all of it, right? And no matter what business you're in, if you don't go and put your face to the grindstone, as I say, mm-hmm. it's gonna it's never gonna happen. Like the sword can never get sharp if it's never touched. It's just it's just how it works, right? So and yes. what's funny is I've um I've had some fun times with the texting thing. The texting <laughs> was is actually a hilarious way, but it's a great way oh, to filter crazy. people before you cold call them, right? Because now you've yep. got all those people who definitely aren't interested out of the way. And um, I think you're you're 100% right. If you don't just do it, just do it. And don't worry about you know how you're, how you're going to say what you're saying or what you're going to say. Maybe get a script. You can Google a script. Sure. But just be yourself and talk. So just simple. don't say anything crazy and rude. It's easy. It's easy. Um, so simple. It is such a simple thing. All right, so let's talk about so this one <laughs> this one is tricky, right? The door knocking. And this is partly why Bo said don't drive in the D-class neighborhoods in the war zones. You don't want to knock on war zone houses. I'm just saying it's not for everybody. I'm sure somebody can do it, but I'm not doing it. So Bo, yeah, I, what do it. Door... I did it for years. For years. <laughs> yes, I know. That's right cuz you were doing insurance, right? It was insurance you were yeah. doing and door knocking. So yeah, so was, you've uh, got a lot of experience with this one outside of, you know, real estate what is your what are your ways of of executing on this cuz this one's a little bit um can be a little bit sketchy and even more like you said even scarier yeah yeah i know i was i was the only white guy in um <laughs> mainly black neighborhoods right you know, i'm like this skinny white kid like walking through neighborhoods yep. <laughs> selling awesome. stuff and awesome yeah it's like you know what it's like crazy and but you know what i realized is that doing that i i learned a lot about people in that none of that mattered actually to the people who were there. None of it mattered to anybody. And all my preconceived ideas were wrong. And that most people are really, really good people. If you treat people right and you treat them with respect and uh, you smile and wave and you treat people nice, uh, that's what matters in life. And so really anywhere I go, people treat me good because I treat them good. So always remember that if you're going to talk to a stranger, Treat them good. Put a smile on your face. You know, be clean cut. You know, don't look like a bum. I know this is like, we're talking about elementary style things, but this is not so common sense anymore. Like, right. be really, you know, be clean cut. You want people to treat you good? You know, treat them good. And so when I go knocking on a door, I always knock on a door and then I will back away from the door. Number one, because you don't know what's going to happen on the other side of that door when they open up. So you need to be a little bit away. In case you need to run away. So right. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. So <laughs> that's, um, that's true. That's fair. It's so true. So be a little bit away. And number one, not just for that reason, but you don't want to be up in somebody's face when they open that door. You know, be respectful of their personal space. You know, be like, hey, you know, uh, you know, I know that this is kind of random, but I'm in the area. I'm looking for rental properties to buy or houses to flip. And let me say this before I say the next thing. You might want to look up who owns the property. And if you're knocking on tenant-occupied properties, you may not want to knock. Um, so just make sure that you knock owner-occupants if you can until you get really skilled. Right. Just because this would be a really long conversation if I had to teach this whole thing. But try to find owner-occupants. So you wouldn't want to knock on the door. You know, hey, I want to talk to your landlord. Why? You know, It would be a long conversation. Yeah. Uh, but... 
you know, try to talk to the person and just tell them, hey, I own some properties in the area and just wanted to see if you guys ever had thought about selling this. I've been trying to text you and call you. I've been the guy blowing your phone up. You know, be silly about it, right? Because then they're going to be one of two things. They're going to be like, oh my God, you're serious. Or, you know, get off my porch. Really, there's not a whole lot of things they're going to say, right? It's like a phone call or a text message, but be ready. Just be ready and put a smile on your face. It's really, I'm going to say this, this might be one of the best things I say. It is really hard to be upset with somebody. I got a big smile on their face. It really is hard. That's very it true. It is so hard. If somebody's smiling and they got a big old happy smile on their face and it's like, hey, you know, hey, Oliver. It's like, how mad can you be at a smiling person? You really can't. It's hard, man. It's really hard to punch somebody in the face that's smiling. So take that for what it's worth, texting and phone calling. That would be a tip right there for you guys. That's absolutely fantastic tips and just advice in general. Because just like you said, man, there's people have misconceptions when they go into certain areas of things they that they just shouldn't or shouldn't even be concerned about. Yep. But they get there and they realize that's somebody's grandmother, that's somebody's brother, that's somebody's sister. They're just, you know, they're just 100%. living in a different place. That's it. That's fantastic, man. All right. So let's, let's go into the niche down, the niching down part of it. The niching down part is something that can sometimes be very difficult to understand. And we've got a little bit of time. So, Bo, if you could please break down your thought process on niching down and how people can go about it with the easiest and simplest way possible. Okay, so to understand this concept of niching down your lists, and we need to understand briefly uh, what makes a good wholesale deal? Because this is a challenge for people. You know, a lot of times we just think people are going to give their house away for 50 cents in the dollar just because you asked them. No, that's not true. That people have problems in their life. And if you can tie problems to a person's life or their property, a lot of times you can get a good deal. And so reverse engineer the process and meaning that people have problems in their life and we want to know what those problems actually look like. And a lot of times that looks like death. It looks like divorce. These are list names. Yep. So death and divorce, um, you know, probate stuff. We've got liens and city code violations and tax problems. Right. Uh, anything that somebody could be going on that could be happening in their life that is tied to a real estate transaction or a house, that is what we want to niche down. So we're going to take these people who have maybe had a prop. Maybe they've someone's passed away in their family. Maybe that uh, they owed back taxes. It could be the same, you know, the same person who passed away owes the back taxes. Uh, it could be some kind of liens or judgments. So we have three or four problems that are stacking on top of a person, right? This right. person is getting more and more issues in their life. So you can find a house at 123 Main Street and that person has had a divorce or they had a parent pass away or they've had taxes issues. They have a lien. Maybe someone came and cut their grass, uh, you know, a city person, right? There's a lot of issues and that is niching down and adding problems to people's lives. I will say this about this. Try to stay out of those D-class areas or war zones that are, this is really important, unoccupied properties, if you're going to be in the war zone areas, try to stay in occupied properties because typically if it's an occupied property, even if it has problems or liens and code violations, they're very minimal because someone is there taking care of it. So 
that's uh, my two cents on niching down lists is finding all of these issues. Uh, but if you're going to find major issues, make sure the properties are occupied. Absolutely. Now, of those issues, Bo, what would you say are, because I know you said a probate. Oh, for those of you who heard Bo said death, death and probate are the same thing. Please don't Google death list. That's yes. just not going to, it's not what it's probably under. No, 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 I, I, I doubt that. your county's going to have that. No. I'm just saying. Probate. <laughs> right. Yeah, Look probate. probate. But what would you say right now? And I'm going to tell you my thoughts on this as well. Uh, but right now, what do you think are the best lists to be looking at that are actually going to help somebody if they're like, let's say, getting started and they they really want to get to to the money, to the deals, to to advance themselves in real estate and just investing in general? Oh, tired landlords, no question about it. Tired landlords, really. Uh, that will be your very best list right now. Why? Because the government just said that all the every renter in the United States didn't have to pay their rent for the last eighteen months. <laughs> yes, um, they did. Yes. So anytime that you have stuff like that going on and the pain is really heavy on those people, um, they might want to sell. So landlords right now, we are buying properties routinely from landlords who just are just tired. Even if they have tenants who are paying on time, they're tired of that external pressure. The good thing, you don't have to pay. Right. So, so I'm going after landlords heavily right now, a very, very big thing. Um, I'm, st- I'm staying away from foreclosures right now for one reason or pre foreclosures, uh, because those people have the worst, um, I don't want to say this in a really nice way. They're misguided the most because they just think that this forbearance is going to last forever and nothing's going to happen. They're living in right. la la land and I don't want to have to overcome that objection right now. Right. So I'll overcome that objection when there's actually pain about to hit. I know that sounds bad, but if you got to try to convince somebody that somebody's eventually going to foreclose on them, you have to say really hard things to those people. And right. when you do, the chances of you losing that deal is great. <laughs> like, no, you're going to get your house foreclosed on. And I guarantee <laughs> right. you, you know, yep. Yep. <laughs> you're not winning that deal. Anyway. You're not yep. winning the deal. No, no, you're getting screwed. <laughs> you know, like, so just, so I try to stay away from the hard conversations and I want to work with people who want to work with me. So, right. Right. No, I, I 100% with you, agree with you on the foreclosure. As a matter of fact, that was going to be my, that would be my number two list as of, as of right now, because you can see it coming. The problem with the foreclosure list, as you said, is sometimes, and I don't want to say they're, they're not delusional. Um, they just don't know the full scope of that situation. And they think, hey, you know, like you said, it's going to keep going. It's going to keep going. It's going to keep going. But then when they come to that door and they tell them, listen, we're going to take your property. And they're like, hey, so what am I going to get? Oh, you're not going to get anything. That's it, right? They're just going to take the property. Yeah, because they've been told that, hey, they're just in forbearance. That's what people think. They're just in forbearance and nothing's going to happen. And it's just not true. Something will happen. But you can't be the bearer of bad news and the savior at the same time. You need to understand that. That's a fact. You can't be like, hey, I've got bad news and I've got good news. (laughs) You can't do that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You can't do absolutely that. You need to be. True. You need to be the savior. They already know the bad news. You need right. to be the savior and the fixer of their problems, not the person who's going to tell them their problems are terrible and fix it. Unless you're trying to buy these houses with creative financing, which that's a whole other topic. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so for those who are listening and watching, 
this interview with Bo Hollis has been specifically about the five best ways to go about and finding yourself real estate deals and to find yourself more money. If you have questions, we're about on the tail end of the podcast. I'm sorry, the video cast is a whole new thing, but I'm working on it. The video cast thing. All right. Uh, All right. If, you, if you want to ask questions, now is the time. If you type them in the chat, I'll be able to see them on uh, on my screen as well, and I'll be able to ask Bo on your behalf. In the meantime, Bo, let's talk a little bit about uh, just that experience you had going back to the door knocking and door hanging part. Hmm? What was that like when you first started? Because that's you had that's a lot of fear you got to overcome when you first start. And you know, yeah. I know at the time you had to hustle that kind of thing, but that's how did you deal with that fear that that discomfort? Because that might be helpful to others. Yeah, so that's the reason why I'm a little bit cold hearted now. I have a cold soul now because <laughs> nothing, no person can ever say things to me on a phone or via a text message right. that will shock me, right? Absolutely. So if you can door knock, you can do anything in life. So how I got over the fear, and I know this is going to be like an aha moment for a lot of people, but I had to eat. I don't know about you guys, but eating is necessity to me. I have to eat food, and I have to have electricity, <laughs> and I have to have a place to live, and I can't be homeless. Right. So <laughs> – no, this is simple. And this, I hope everybody hears a theme here. It takes work and you're, there's not some magic sauce and some magic pill. It takes work. I had, I had a family to take care of and I was scared, but I was more scared of losing my family and losing the stuff like my house or my car or not being able to feed my child. You know, that was the biggest fear. So you got to figure out what you're most afraid of. And I'm not afraid of what that person is going to say to me behind that door. What are they going to say? No. They say, you better get the hell off my porch. You know, <laughs> you know, or they can call the police or walk away. Right. You know, I don't know. There, there's nothing to really be afraid of. Most of the time, they're just going to say, no, thank you. And most people are great people. Most people are awesome. And if you are awesome, they're going to treat you that way. If you say, hey, thank you. You know, you smile and just say, hey, you know, you're kind. They're going to be kind. So. Treat them you would want your grandparents to be treated. Treat them you want your mom or your aunt or your uncle to be treated. And that's what made me not being afraid was that I got into it and I realized, man, people, they're nice. They're not going to say mean, crazy stuff to me. Did they? Yep. Some, but very few, very few people uh, said psycho things to me. Right. Um, but you know what? It's just a perspective. It, However you view life, you're going to get that back. If you view people as good, you're going to get good people back. And that is just true. I love it. I love it. That's, that's excellent advice, Bo. That is, sheesh, that's just, that's just really, really good advice, man. So, you know, I know we don't have a boatload of time. You're a busy man. You've got things to do. So we're going to get into the last segment of the show. And in this last segment, we're going to ask you two questions. One's relatively easy. One might be a little bit more difficult. So the first question is what we call troop to task. And what troop to task is, Bo, in the military, we have this saying where you say, hey, I need you to do this, and that's the troop to task. And what that is is just a simple instruction to one person for them to execute on. And for today, yes. uh, that question is actually going to be, that's going to be the question itself. What would your troop to task for those who are watching and those who are listening that they can execute on right now? Okay, so... Here's what I would tell somebody. I'm a no-nonsense kind of person. I would say this. Find out if you really want to do this or not. Figure out, 
do I want this? It's a yes or no question. There's no middle ground or gray zone. I think I want it. Then that means you don't want it. Either you want it or you don't want it. And then go and then you take action today, right now. And that action looks like getting in your car. And if you have nothing else than a piece of freaking paper and a pen, and you go and write down addresses and you take action today, that is what you have to do right now. And you start taking action. And the only time you can quit is when you're dead. There's no, there's no quitting. You take action and you only will have success. That is it. There's no plan B. That is, that is what you have to do. I love it, Bo. That's, that's exactly fact. That is exactly true. And we've all learned this from watching Bo being one of them, Max Maxwell, Nasir. Uh, there's a boatload of people who have been doing this wholesaling and just real estate in general who have followed that exact path. Just go, yeah, just, just do, do, just do. Absolutely. And oddly enough, we've got an actual question from a viewer and Tiwa, Tiwa asks, what is the most common pitfall after finding a wholesale deal that beginners get hit with? Oh, that's a good question. I have that the answer. <laughs> I got the right. answer right now. Let's go, Bo. Okay. So here's the answer. Let's say that I'm going to assume that this person closes this deal, right? Mm-hmm. The most common pitfall that I think wholesalers actually, the reason most wholesalers fail is not that they don't do a deal, is that they do a deal and they get what I call chunk money syndrome. They get big chunks of money that they're not used to. They get a five or 10000 or $20,000 check and they're like, crap, I'm freaking rich. <laughs> and they sit back. And they don't go back to work for a long time. You have to, when you get that check, you need to act like I am straight broke and I've got to go back to work tomorrow and treat this business like a job. Every day you show up to work and you bring your A game and act like that money is not in your bank account. It is not for fancy stuff right now. It is for straight investing back into your business and go, go, go. That is the pitfall is that guys get the money and they just lay back and react, relax and act like they made it. That is, a t- listen, I've said that's a fact a couple times because Bo is, is speaking nothing but truth here. But you can go online and look up the entrepreneurs who are huge. I'm talking Patrick Peck David. I'm talking Mark Cuban, uh, 50 Cent, Jay-Z. All of them have a story where they got that big check and they blew it. And then they look back and they say to themselves, I could have took that $130,000 that I made just now and bought two properties. And matter of fact, one lady, I believe uh, she was one of the hosts on Shark Take. She said that she had blown the money and then looked back and realized that she could have bought two properties. And now those two properties right now are worth two some point something million. That simple. If she had have just done smarter, yeah. been smarter on that choice. And, and it's something that we all yeah. deal with, particularly as entrepreneurs. But just so you know now, that's, as Bo said, that's, that's, that's a big hit. That's a big hit. All right, Bo, so the next question is, what question do you wish you were asked more often? And what would be the answer to that question? Um, I wish that entrepreneurs would ask me, uh, how do I live a good family life and live a balanced life with my family and not have a complete hustle mindset and grind until I'm dead and their family is not sitting back in the wayside? Mm. Uh, how do I live and be a good husband and a good father 
yet still have success. I wish entrepreneurs asked that versus the model of sacrifice all at the sake of at the sake of success. I wish entrepreneurs asked me that. So what would you, what do you say is the the answer to that question? Because my thought process has always been that the balance is ever shifting. Because as we grow as people, some of the things that we do change. You know, in your marriage, you evolve. Your kids continue to evolve. So that balance is always doing this in my head. So that board is going left and right sure. on the ball. What would you say? What, what's your advice to that? How does one find that balance? Well, I think the first person, I think the first thing that people have to do is figure out what is really important in your life. And I think for me, um, my family is very, very important to me. If I gain the whole world and I, my family sitting back, not having success with me and not being a part of my journey, and I was a slave to my job and I was a slave and um, my family was the cost of success, then I am a complete failure. Yeah, yeah, you can have a lot of money, but at the same time, figuring out, you know what, I'm going to work. I'm going to work five days a week, six days a week. Uh, and I'm going to work from eight in the morning till seven at night. I'm going to put my phone away and I'm going to actually say, this is the working hours. And outside of here, uh, don't call me. If you call me on a Sunday, uh, I'm not going to answer for no reasons. Right. Uh, I tell every student that. I say, you know what, don't you call me on a Sunday. Uh, where I won't answer, uh, you know, I have rules. We have times that we can work. If you can't work in 70 hours a week during the week, uh, and bring your family along the journey, uh, I think that you're doing something wrong. I think there's a lot of success to be had working a regular 40, 50, 60 hour weeks. Uh, and I don't think it is success at all costs. I think that, uh, life is a journey and is to be taking our families along with us. And I think a lot of times entrepreneurs, they're getting divorced and sucky lives. And I want to take, I want my kids, I want to be their biggest hero. Uh, that's really, really important to me. So. Wow. That's dope, Bo. That is dope. I, I absolutely agree. Um, that's something that I have found as I'm growing in this entrepreneurship space in real estate, particularly multifamily and all the stuff that I'm doing with YouTube and IG. For those of you who are on YouTube and IG, by the way, go ahead and slap the subscribe, uh, the bell, the comment, and go do the same thing on Bo's page because Bo's putting out great information over there as well. So back to what I was saying, just you know, just in general, that is that is always the toughest thing because you always feel like, yes. man, I'm I've got to do this, I've got to do this. And you don't Not enough. It's to, never enough, right? Right. It's never never going to be, particularly if you're chasing money. If you're chasing money, the net the money will never ever be enough. If you're chasing, hey, I want to take my kids on a trip to uh Disneyland or Universal Studios. That you can achieve and one day you can stop and say, cool, I've done that. And you set a new goal. Mm -hmm. But if you're constantly chasing money, if you're after being a millionaire and you become a millionaire, now you're going to say, oh, I want to be a billionaire. Then you're going to be a trillionaire. Yep. Then you want to, you know, gazillionaire, whatever the number is next. You're just going to continue Absolutely. to go after it. Be after something that's going to make impact to yourself and your family. Yeah, I, I think the family unit is the most important thing in the world. And I think having those things where, we're, hey, hey, guys, we're going to go do this. I'm going to go get this another deal and we're going to go do these things, you know, and taking your family on the journey with you. They're a part of your success. They are what you strive for. And like my kids can't wait for me to get home. And if I'm always on my phone being like, just wait, 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 wait. Right. You know, I don't want them to grow up and be like, Hey, dad was always telling me to wait. You know, I only got 18 summers with my kids and I don't want them to grow up and resent me. Uh, you know, when everybody else is trying to get my time, I gave everybody else my time and get my kids my time. That would be an ultimate, ultimate disaster. So I love it, uh, my I family love it. is 
that that's so important, man. Our families are, are everything. They are because they're going to be the ones that are there when you're old and gray and you're not on Facebook, you're not on YouTube, you're not super famous or popular. And that yeah. money can't save you from death. It's just, just that yeah. simple. It can never do it. You're not taking it with but, us, man. And guess what? Yep. You know, our, the, when you make mistakes in life, when you make mistakes and you don't, everything is not going right. The people who are going to hug you and, and tell you it's okay, they're going to be your family, your kids and your wife or your husband or your spouse, whatever that is. Those people, they're going to be there for you. And you, we need to really, they're our greatest investments is our family. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bo, thank you so, so much for coming on today. Really, really appreciate you. Um, I want to, before we kick into your, I want to make sure you give out your social media stuff, but I also want to make sure we thank Tiwa. Tiwa, thank you so much for your question, brother. We appreciate you tuning in. Yes, and being great part. question. Absolutely. And I hopefully Bo got to the meat of the situation you wanted to get to. And I hope that advice is going to help you as you move forward in the future. In the meantime, Bo, what are the channels and ways people can get a hold of you and reach out to you and get that mentorship or even just check you out on YouTube or IG? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just my name at Bo Hollis on YouTube and on Instagram. Those are the easiest way to connect with me and uh, pretty any much any social media is just going to be at my name. Love it. And, oh, and his podcast. It's the House Buying Guys, right? It is the House Buying Guys. And we're in the process of a relaunch on that and um, nice. uh, kind of retooling some things. You know, we got our new studio coming and all this kind of cool stuff. And we're going to kind of change in the format a little bit. And sometimes you got to you realize that you got to shift and pivot and move. And it's, that's the way this business is. And you got to keep moving and be adaptable, right, to right. Cir- circumstances right. and situations. So, yeah, it. that's going to be exciting. All right. So what Bo's telling you is you better go in there now and download as much as you can because it's going to be gone here soon. He's, he's freshening it up. He's about to retool it. It's about to be even more, more value great. coming. Go check it out. All yes. right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Oliver Perry. This is the beast, Mr. Bo Hollis. We appreciate you guys watching and listening. Look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, remember you're better than you were, but you're not half as good as you're going to be. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Oliver Perry Show. Be sure to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast listening platform. And as always, be sure to follow Oliver at The Oliver Perry on Instagram, Oliver Perry on LinkedIn, and The Oliver Perry Show on YouTube. Until next time, take care.